0: Well, hey everybody welcome to the mercy talk podcast from mercy multiplied where we are passionate about empowering you with biblical principles for growing in mental emotional and spiritual health and equipping you to share those principles with others i'm melanie wise and i am so excited to share with you another testimony tuesday episode here on mercy talk and if you're new to our podcast every few weeks we share a bonus episode where a special guest joins us to share their own personal story of healing and transformation. Uh, We get to hear these stories at Mercy all of the time uh, from people who've either gone through Mercy's Keys to Freedom study or through our residential or outpatient programs, and we just want to share more of these stories with you all. Uh, And to be sure, we want you to be encouraged and inspired not by how amazing Mercy is or even how amazing our guests are, even though they are very amazing. But ultimately, we want you to be inspired by how amazing our God is. Um, That is the heart behind these Testimony Tuesday episodes. Um, And we're doing something kind of fun this year with our Testimony Tuesdays. Uh, 2023 is the year that Mercy is celebrating 40 years as a ministry. So this year, we are sharing a testimony from a graduate of our residential program from each decade that Mercy has been in existence. So last quarter, if you've been following us, we shared with you the testimony of someone who was in our residential program, during its first decade. And today you will be hearing from someone who was in the program during the second decade of its existence. Uh, Her name is Kristen and Kristen is a 2003 graduate from our Nashville home. So 2003, if you're doing the math, that's like right on the border. I think 2003 would have been the year that we were celebrating 20 years, but she's a 2003 graduate. I'm so excited for you to hear her story. So, Kristen, welcome to Mercy Talk. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yay, it's going to be fun. So, I am just going to dive right in, Kristen, because, um, and I'll just tell you right now that it is very challenging for me when I hear these stories. I start wanting to talk about, like, I'm I'm like a teacher by nature, so you're going to start sharing stuff, and I'm going to start wanting to teach, so I'm going to try to hold it back, because this is about <laughs> your testimony and your story, but I inevitably end up throwing things in here and there. I'm going to try to restrain myself, um, but I just want to go ahead and dive in, and I would love for you to just tell us, um, start off by telling us a little bit about your story prior to coming to Mercy, and then we'll kind of go from there.
1: All right, well, I guess I'll start with childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so I grew up in a pretty chaotic home. My dad drank a lot. He was an alcoholic. And mm-hmm. though I didn't know that terminology back then, you know, right. Um, and so our lives home, kind of heavily, you know, revolved around walking on eggshells around my mm-hmm. dad, his drinking, and he was also pretty angry, enacted out a lot in his anger aside from the drinking. And so I have two siblings and all of us and my mom kind of walked on eggshells around my dad. Mm -hmm. My mom was kind and caring, but she was really focused on kind of being there for my dad. So she was a little preoccupied with helping him being his designated driver things like that. So it just felt like, you know, looking back a very unstable, chaotic mm. type situation. And, um, you know, he was very verbally abusive and physical at times and things like that. And, um, but I was that true middle child, you know, mm. I was, kind of up for, you know, a party and fun all the time. So Mm -hmm. I really tried for that not to let me get down. So the way I Mm -hmm. kind of coped with that was laughter, fun outside of my home, you know, I really focused on friendships and having a lot of fun. So I was able to kind of maintain that hiding at home and kind of just getting out of the way and that sort of thing. Having fun with my siblings when my parents were out and things like that. Um, but then going to school, going to friends' house, things like that, and having mm-hmm. a lot of fun. And um, I will say, you know, like I had happy moments in my home too, sprinkled through my childhood. But the overall yeah. feel was difficult, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, then around, I was able to kind of have that happy sort of life in spite of all that until around fifth grade and there was one particular incident um with my father where he kind of went on and on in verbal and some physical abuse and stuff and my mother was there and didn't step in and it just kind of crushed my soul you know Mm. looking back that particular incident for some reason that night Um, It was very, very difficult, and it wasn't really something, you know, you don't, you're not in fifth grade, and you think, oh, well, now I'm going to be angry and rebellious. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't really go through those Sure, but yeah, looking back, that's really kind of what happened. You know, I just, I felt anger towards both of my parents, and I was terrified of alcohol and drugs. My dad didn't do drugs, but just anything mind-altering because of His Mm -hmm. alcoholism, Mm -hmm. I was terrified of. But in any other way, you could rebel besides those two things. It's kind of like I started cussing and smoking cigarettes, you know, and just in my own way, kind of rebelling, you know. Um, somewhere around that time frame, right around that fifth grade time frame, I think maybe in fourth grade, I went to revival and I ended up. you know, becoming a Christian. And so that was kind of in me as like a thing. But, you know, it wasn't really talked about a lot at my home, even though we did go to church some and things mm-hmm. like that. And um, but at um, it just I was kind of in that rebellious stage. By the time I hit eighth grade, I thought, if I'm going to follow God, I want to like actually do that. I didn't know what that meant exactly or what that looked like, but I threw myself into church and youth groups and all kinds of stuff like that. And the only way I could figure out how to follow God was to become really good, as good as Mm -hmm. possible. So like I put a lot of heavy focus on don't smoke anymore. Don't, cuss anymore don't let these boys do things you know told mm-hmm. all these boys I'm not kissing now until I get married you know <laughs> and just kind of right. dropped all those like rebellious mm-hmm. things that I was doing and worked really hard to basically become self-righteous though I didn't see mm-hmm. it that way mm-hmm. at that time mm-hmm. you know around age 15 I just um I think there were certain events that triggered this, but it was like all the happy and all the good, I couldn't hold together anymore. Mm -hmm. And it just crumbled. I became mm-hmm. extremely depressed. I quit eating for the most part. And it wasn't like I was taught how to have an eating disorder. It wasn't really a thing back then. No one talked about mm-hmm. it. I did not know that eating disorders really existed. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I had never heard of anorexia or bulimia or anything like that. But I just kind of quit eating and I felt extremely depressed and Perpetually, more and more and more going down in this pit of despair.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One day, a friend of mine, my best friend at the time, handed me this piece of paper folded up, and she says, This is a devotional. And I think this is something that you're going through. And I just, re- I don't remember exactly what she said, but it was like a no judgment type, mm-hmm. just look at it and tell me what mm-hmm. you think, kind of like I'm here for you, you know? Yeah. And so I read it, and it was about eating disorders. And I read this checklist and I just, you know, was crushed. You know, I became Mm. so aware instantly, like Mm -hmm. I have an eating disorder. And in this devotional, it talked about how this was sin. Well, my main aim with God was to, you know, and to be a good Christian. And it's okay. Like I can fix it. I can get rid of this. Mm -hmm. And So I immediately wanted to get rid of it. I spent the next five years of my life striving and Mm. trying to get rid of this thing, but Mm. feeling more and more depressed and in despair because I felt really like an awful Christian and person because I could not conquer this thing. You know, I, I did have a relationship with God. And I pleaded with him, you know, mm. to help me overcome it, to set me mm-hmm. free, you know, it's just the ongoing thing. And that kind of got me to the point of being so depressed that I had a lot of suicidal thoughts for mm. several years and those perpetuated so deep that eventually I ended up kind of in a suicidal crisis. And that is the night that I heard about Mercy.
0: Mm. So. That's a lot to take in. Kristen thank you for sharing all of that I just as I'm like listening to your story I mean okay so here I go can't control myself but uh I'm just (laughs) thinking so much about just like how everything that you're describing is exactly why mercy does what we we do because I think what you're what you're describing on I feel like in some ways like every one of us have this moment of like cross crossroads in our lives where we realize like my effort is only going to get me so far, right? Like whether that's me trying to overcome a life controlling issue, whether this is me trying to overcome my selfishness or my insecurities or my like, whatever it is, right? Like me trying to like wrangle this issue or this struggle into submission isn't working. Like it's not, it's not, we're not getting there. Right. And just, I mean, so many pieces of your story of even just you saying like, I'm going to follow God, man. I'm going to do this right. You know, like I even personally connected with you in that way. Cause I just remember as a kid, I was like, I'm going to be the best Christian there ever was, you know, like I'm going to do everything right, you know, and I would come home from camp with a list of all the things that I was going to be better at this year. And I was going to be better and better and better. And it was just so much about, and I know it's probably different for everyone, but for me, I was just like, I just want to make God so proud of me because I'm so good at being a Christian, you know? Um, But like, even that, when when trying to strive and do something in our strength and our willpower like you just come to a point in life hopefully everyone comes to that point in life right where they realize okay this is not working (laughs) this is not yes so I'm just gonna I'll stop I'll stop from there because I want to be able to actually now get into like how that changed for you obviously Mm -hmm. um because I don't want to like keep going into that point uh, uh, and bury the lead there. But I just am thinking like, goodness, so much of that resonates personally with me. And I can imagine that anybody listening to this right now, there's pieces of what you're describing that they can connect to of like, Oh, I've been there. Like I've done that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I think you even answered really kind of my second question of just like what specific things it was that you, you know, when coming into mercy uh, what, what you were Struggling with. I know that you've described the eating disorder. Are there other things that you can maybe, maybe you didn't identify it in the moment, but now looking back, you can realize like it wasn't just an eating disorder. Maybe there were other like deeper internal things. Um, is there anything else that you would maybe add to that as far as what you were dealing with coming in? Yes.
1: And I, you know, I didn't really think about sharing this, but I think it's a good thing to share is that. Um, when I was told kind of in the suicidal crisis and I was told about mercy and it was a good friend who told me and who had recently heard about it, I said, and this is crazy to me looking back, but at that time I was kind of labeled as a home for troubled girls. And Mm -hmm. I honestly thought I'm not a troubled girl. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I thought I just have an eating disorder that I need Mm -hmm. to get rid of. I -hmm. just need help for this eating disorder I am not a troubled girl yeah and so I told my friend absolutely not I'm not going to a home Mm. for troubled girls Mm -hmm, and she mm -hmm. said okay well look here's the website she wrote it on piece of paper and she said will you at least promise me to look at this website and pray about it Mm. and I said fine and I remember and I was just really like hard at that mm-hmm. point, you know, and I went home and I said, God, I am absolutely not going to this place. Um, So I will look at this website only because I told my friend I would. And I'm praying only because I told my friend I would. But <laughs> if you want me to go here, you are going to have to change my mind. Mm-hmm. And I spent the next several hours reading every single word that mm-hmm. had ever been typed on that website mm-hmm. and completely engulfed and like oh like there's abuse and like mm-hmm. I've gone through abuse like I mm-hmm. didn't realize that like an eating disorder is a thing that a lot of mm-hmm. people struggle with and these people are getting help and hope and freedom and I became instantly mm. determined like I will go there and God will set mm. me free you know yeah. and it just felt like my only hope. So yes there was wow. this recognition and it really wasn't until that point that I was able to read other testimonies mm-hmm. that like oh I've gone through abuse in my life. I'd never Mm-hmm. It, that can seem so obvious, but for me, it was my normal life, and mm-hmm. I just hadn't seen it that way, and I hadn't recognized that the eating disorder was caused
0: by something else. You yes, know, yes, yes. So everything you're describing is that that tree analogy that we always talk about, like the issue that you think is the issue usually isn't the issue. The issue mm-hmm. is, um, it's just a symptom of the issue, right? And so. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a sign of something deeper that's going on. And I, I know you shared even earlier in the story, you, shed, you said, um, you know, I guess maybe this was when you might be in like fourth grade or something. You said, I mean, I didn't set out. I didn't decide like, I'm going to become angry and rebellious. Like you didn't consciously mm-hmm. have that thought, right? Like there was something in, internally that was going on that was yeah. driving you into this place, right? And so I just, I think that's important that's important to note because I think it can be very, very easy for people who haven't maybe experienced abuse or haven't experienced some of those types of things to look at someone. Maybe someone would have looked at you, right, as a teenager and got, gone like, man, what's, what is wrong with her? Like, Get your life together. Mm-hmm. Like stop. Like yes. why would you choose to do it? Why would you choose to have an eating disorder? As if you woke up one day going, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to destroy my body and have an eating disorder. Like that's mm-hmm. not how it happens, mm-hmm. right? Like there was yeah. some, there was so much pain and like trauma behind that. And were mm-hmm. any of us to have been in your place, any of us would have absolutely been struggling either with the same thing or something S- similar, right? Like it's just, none of us mm. are exempt from this. This wasn't some like conscious decision that you decided, like, I'm going to become, I have an eating disorder and I'm going to become suicidal. Like no one wakes up saying that mm. there was a story of pain that got you to that place. So I just, I think it's so, so important that you, you said the words really right out of your mouth. Like I didn't, I didn't decide. I just wanted to become this. Right. Um, and I think for us to all understand that that doesn't, as we often say like it doesn't it doesn't excuse bad choices but it sure does explain them and it sure does give mm-hmm. us a lot of grace and compassion um, and I wouldn't even say like you the devotional you were saying, like eating disorder is a is a sin. Like, no, it's just it's a it's a root growing out of a or a, a branch, as we would say, growing out of just an unhealthy tree at the moment, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, I just think it's so important for all of us to recognize that going in. Um, and I, I would love to just know then, okay, so you, um, you realize you're on the website and you're going, oh, I'm going. Like, I am absolutely going. I love that so much that you were like, Lord, you just laid it out in front of him. You're like, I'm not going. If you want me to go, you're going to, have to change my mind. He's like, you know, challenge accepted. <laughs> Got it. Uh-huh. And so knowing that after after reading the website and kind of just even seeing your story in a whole new way, you decided to apply and come into the program. Um, and so I'd just love to know a little bit about Your time at Mercy, like, what are some of the you know main things that you learned? Um, Were there any specific moments of like revelation, breakthrough, or was it maybe just kind of like a slow and steady? The Lord, you know, just what did that look like for you? What was that journey like? Okay,
1: I will say, you know, I'm 20 years this month from the time I entered Mercy, and I will say I still to this day look back to that time in my life. As kind of this place where I found solid ground. Mm. Um, it is um, the marker in my life that I have mm. gone back to so many times over mm. the years. And so God did so much in my life during that time. It's, you know, to even pinpoint things, um, I feel like I could have a million. So I've tried to narrow down yeah. to like five. <laughs> but um, oh, I love it. The number one thing that like God really just had to deal with in me because it was so strong at that point in my life was this self-righteousness and pride Mm -hmm. kind of and um you know it wasn't something that I really recognized that I had and I think that's kind of important to note when someone is kind of you know you hear a lot of teachings these days about being like a pharisee and Mm self-righteous and stuff I actually have Mm -hmm. a lot of heart for those people too because I was Mm -hmm. that person Mm -hmm. you know and um you don't set out for that either. You don't think I'm going to be really prideful and self-righteous and like a Pharisee, you know, it's something you usually recognize at some point after the fact. And it was just God showing me like, look, it's not your own works. It's not Mm. like I want a relationship with you. It's not about, you know, you striving to not sin. Of course I don't want to sin, but it's not about that. That's not what it's about. And I just came to deeply understand from God while I was at mercy that, you know, he is the righteous one and he lives inside of me and I depend on his righteousness, not my own, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was, you know, huge for me. I was extremely critical of myself prior Mm -hmm. to mercy Mm -hmm. based off of that self-righteousness, I think. And I was also critical of others. I didn't speak a lot of that out loud, but internally I was. And just, I mean, God (laughs) poured so much mercy into me Mm. from him that I began to have a lot of mercy for myself and then so much mercy for other people too. And understanding of why people are the way they are and do what they Mm. do, that there is always pain underneath those bad choices or hard choices. So that was a huge thing, um, mm. you know, and I grew up hearing that Jesus loved me, that God loved me. You know, I very much knew that in my head, but it was at mercy where I felt completely broken, like this pile of ashes, like utter nothingness, you know, mm. mm-hmm. and realized God loves me in all these ashes, right here right now with an eating mm-hmm. disorder not mm-hmm. free like he really loves me and that you know I'm precious to him and he adores me and I think I cried for and I'm not a big crier I'm kind of had projected mm-hmm. myself as a tough girl up until that mm-hmm. point and you know, I think I cried for like two weeks straight just Ugh. like you love me you know? oh, and, my goodness. and it was just like hugely Sweet. impactful for me yeah uh, another thing that was massive that God did in my life at Mercy was, you know, I have even told people this many times over the years. I just feel like he anchored my soul in hope. You know, mm. hope is the main thing at that point, at, at the time that I entered Mercy, that was missing from my life.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And um, you know, I have had difficult times since Mercy and I'm able to always draw back to this anchor of hope and remember like, no, this is what you can do. This is Mm -hmm. what you have done. It doesn't matter how hard of a time you're in, like there is hope. And so he just deeply instilled that hope in me Mm -hmm. for my life. And um, there was a couple of personal revelation type moments for me when I was at Mercy that really impacted my life and one of them I think I had been at Mercy for about a month and I remember during worship one day I was praying and I was just like God I am not free like I know like I'm making all the right decisions you know, Eating the right food. I'm not throwing it up, but I know mm-hmm. that if mm-hmm. I went back home today, I am not free. I would go back yeah. to those things. You know, I want to know that I am free. And I just, you know, almost clear as day heard God say, Quit seeking freedom, Kristen. Seek me. Ooh. And just thought about where the Spirit oh, of the word. Lord is. There is freedom. You wow. Know? And after that, I don't know if it was that evening or the next morning. A lot of mornings, you know, you live in a house with forty girls or women, (laughs) and (laughs) to get away from that, you know, it was was wonderful and it was actually tons of fun. Um, but you know, to have a moment away, so I would go pace the top of the hill at Mercy in the mornings by myself, you know, outside, and it was one of those pacings after that that. I actually realized I was pretty angry with God. And I said, you know, Mm -hmm. I've been, I don't know how to seek you. You know, Mm -hmm. I have been reading my Bible every day for the past 10 years of my life and praying. What does that even mean? I don't Mm -hmm. understand. Mm -hmm. And I can't really explain it. But from that honest interaction with God, from that point forward, I started to develop this deep friendship with God and this Mm. deep closeness. And I can look back and see, I think it was just because I started being really raw and honest like that. Mm -hmm. And that is what connects you to people and to God is having vulnerability and being just where you are laid open, laid bare. And that kind of started that for me. Wow. And that was a huge still. And so, you know, through seeking him, there was a time when I realized Um, it was like, I think on my birthday while I was at Mercy, you know, I just kind of realized I am free. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to do those things anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't even have a desire for those things anymore, but it wasn't really about that anymore for me. Um, you know, it's interesting, but it was exciting to realize that I didn't have those desires anymore.
0: And holy cow.
1: One more thing that was just super important um was you know at mercy, I learned a lot about forgiveness and mm-hmm. how um unforgiveness is kind of like a poison to your own soul, mm-hmm. and I had a lot of anger towards my dad, and I remember pacing that same hill saying, "God." I do not even want to want to want to forgive my dad. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, if you want me to forgive him, you're going to have to help me because Mm -hmm. I don't even think I can, you know, I don't think it's possible. And I remember saying, I can say the words, I forgive my dad, but I know I don't mean them, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And, you know, it took some time, but it kind of started right there. But God did help me forgive my dad and that has ended up and played out being um you know a really awesome thing I wrote my dad a letter of forgiveness and that was pretty life-changing for my dad
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: um so we have a good restored relationship oh
0: my goodness incredible I don't even know what else is left to be said? <laughs> I mean, goodness, we could talk for hours on every one of the things that you just, I think I'm just struck as I hear all of these different, and especially considering that you're like, I, I, there were too many, I'll just pick five. I'm like, there's more, <laughs> there was more than that. <laughs> um, But I just keep thinking as you're sharing, like what you're describing is that he renewed your heart. Like, There was a deep internal work. I am never going to forget even what he shared with you of like, don't seek freedom, seek me. And in that your freedom comes, but it's in seeking me. um, It's just that that will preach. (laughs) I mean, that is I just I'm imagining how many things could you put in the place of freedom? Just the word freedom in that statement. Um, and it's, uh, I mean, honestly, I think it's even just hitting me personally. Cause it's such a personal journey that I've been on too recently of the Lord, just being mm-hmm. like every, everything that you're most desiring and wanting out of life. If you will, I mean, it's the, it's Matthew six, right? Seek. You seek me first. I will take Mm -hmm. care of and I will cover and I will fill all of the things that you're looking and running after. Um, And just Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm never going to forget that part of your story. Truly, I feel like that's just that's so powerful, so powerful. Um, And in that process and in you seeking him, he did a work in your heart that couldn't have been literally couldn't have been done any other way. Um, Mm -hmm. and changing your desires and change. I mean, it's just, anyway, I'm a a little bit of a loss for words, obviously, because that's just, that's, that's so powerful and in and of itself, I think speaks, um, to, to what he has done. And so, um, I would love to know, because I think, I mean, knowing a little bit of your story and your journey after mercy, um, that. Even that alone is such a testimony to his continued work in your life. I think um, also you you said this earlier. um, I don't know if there's anything you'd want to share about that, but just that there have been things after Mercy. Every single graduate I've ever spoken to, I'm pretty sure every Testimony Tuesday that we have done this far, there's some element of after Mercy, it wasn't a piece of cake. Like It wasn't Mm -hmm. like everything in life just got easy. By no stretch of the imagination, is that anything that we are promising to the residents who come to mercy, right? We always say like, you won't leave here perfect, but you will leave here equipped. And so I think what you said, you had to keep coming back. You had to keep coming back, Mm -hmm. keep coming back to that firm foundation that was laid, keep coming back to the heart of the Mm -hmm. father. Like You had to continue to return to the things that he gave to you at mercy. So I don't know if there's anything I would love for you just to share. A little bit about just like kind of like what life has looked like uh, as far as family and all of that goes post-mercy, but then also anything that you'd like to share just about um, kind of what it's looked like for you to have to continue to return to what you learned and what he gave to you. So that's a lot of questions in one, but I'll just leave okay. it there and see where you go with it.
1: <laughs> yes. I will say that I have recognized, because I've been out 20 years now, that I am very prone to feeling hopeless. if Mm. if I'm in a difficult situation, you know, and there's always difficult situations, whether they're self perpetuating, or if they just happen to you, Mm -hmm. you know, you go Mm -hmm. through difficult situations. And so I have been able to recognize over the years, like the top thing I instantly will feel is hopelessness, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and so that has been huge to have that anchor of hope that I was talking about that I feel like God just put in me where the instant I feel that hopelessness, I am able to go back and Mm -hmm. say, no, Mm -hmm. like there is absolutely hope. I will make it through this situation. Mm. God will, there is another side to this. The sun will rise again, you know? And, um, so that, has been you know a really yeah. big thing and no. then just people talk about it but it's true you have tools where just renewing your mind mm-hmm. which is basically what I'm talking about with the hope you know coming mm-hmm. back to a different place in my mind and mm-hmm. I have definitely gone back to that over and over again over the years
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and I was thinking you know I'm not I'm, you know how there's like people that you see that Are really kind of graceful people and they go through trials and stuff, and you're like, wow, they just dealt with that so Mm. well, you know, (laughs) like it's just a struggle. Mm. I've never been one of those like (laughs) naturally graceful people, you know. (laughs) I am one of those that's kind of like naturally messy and really Mm. need to depend on God, (laughs) you Mm. know, (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. kind of and so. One thing that I really learned at Mercy was just deeply depending on God, not just for Mm -hmm. my righteousness Mm -hmm. and not just, but for help for life, Mm -hmm. you know, and just, I can get myself in a mess if I wander from that dependence and just Mm -hmm. constantly coming back and saying, you know, I surrender. I depend on you. You Mm -hmm. are (laughs) the one, you know, that can do these things in me, for me, through me, all of that. Yeah, yeah. So, just two other things. One, um, you know, an eating disorder really messes up your body. Mm-hmm. Um, it can take away your menstrual cycle for people who don't know that. And you can, it can really um, destroy your chance of having kids ever. And so, a couple years after I got on Mercy, I got married and we were kind of, we hadn't heard of any of these big families <laughs> given at the time. So we didn't really know how many kids it was possible to have. So we were pretty naive, but we thought, you know, that would be really amazing. Like, I don't know, it was really from my time at Mercy that I developed such a trust in God. I thought, well, I'll just let him pick how many kids I have because yeah. I just really trust that he knows better than me, you know? Yeah. And I'm I assuming at that I time,
0: know, not knowing if you would even be able to have
1: absolutely, kids, yeah. you know, didn't know. And, yeah. you know, so we got married, and four months later, I got pregnant. Oh, my goodness. And so exciting and terrifying all <laughs> at the same time. And, you know, shortly into that pregnancy, I ended up just gushing blood one day Mm -hmm. and I Mm -hmm. knew that I probably lost the baby, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, and I did wonder from my years, Mm
0: -hmm. you know, of
1: struggling with the eating disorder. And I kind of, so we sat there in the ER and I was sitting there telling God, you know, I Mm -hmm. will still love you if I can't Mm -hmm. ever have a baby, you know, type thing with, Tears, mm. and then they took me back, and I got an ultrasound, and they couldn't explain the bleeding, and said the baby was okay, Ooh. and so we were thrilled. That was our first nine biological children. That we first won. of
0: nine,
1: yeah. Then we adopted a kid too, so we have um, a guess. whole flu ten kids. Literally, I absolutely. One. Love being a mom, and love that God, you know, mm. can even restore your body and, yes, and yes. do amazing things. Yes.
0: So, oh my goodness, yeah. it's uh, that is incredible. Um, and just hearing your heart, Kristen. I mean, imagining that moment. You know, I'm thinking back to when you were sharing that, like you realized while you your mercy, like I'm, I've got some anger towards the Lord, um. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I I personally feel very, that's a topic that I feel very passionately about. I've I've gone through my own season of losing a baby and um, the anger, the anger, you know, and um, not always feeling like in the church, we've got a safe place to process that, right? Um, Or that it's, you know, that we're given permission uh, or, but like, I think what you shared was so powerful about like, that's where intimacy is built. That's where friendship is built. It's being honest and raw, right? And so knowing that that was part of your story, even that you processed at mercy, and then fast forwarding to that moment Mm -hmm. in the ER of, of going like, I mean, I just think it would have been so easy for you if you hadn't processed and developed that friendship and that intimacy with the Lord, if you hadn't developed that, that would have been so easy in that moment for you to have gone back of like if you dare take this baby from mm-hmm. me like anybody mm-hmm. in the natural would have been like I will you know like I'm mm-hmm. I'm abandoning the Lord if this happens mm-hmm. like he better he better but instead that your heart posture was even if I don't I will still love you like mm-hmm. is so powerful that's so powerful um, and just speaks again to what he did in your heart and how he renewed and, um, that, that friendship and that intimacy and that love that was built in that process that carried you through even that specific moment in the ER. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just so powerful. That's so powerful. Um, and I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, for those of you who don't know, uh, well, none of y'all would know this cause we talked about it before we even started recording today that Kristen literally had to leave her home because all those 10 kids are inside. <laughs> house to be able to record this podcast. I I knew coming in, obviously, that you had many, many children. So I remember as we we got on today, I was like, who knows what the status of her life is going to be like when she gets on to record today. The fact that you can speak coherent sentences is a testimony in and of itself of the Lord in your life. So um, it's just, oh my goodness, it's such an unbelievable testimony. Like you said, redemption of your, of your heart, of your mind and your body, um, as evidenced Mm -hmm. by the many, many children in your home. Um, what a beautiful, um, it's just like this, like just complete, I just keep thinking fullness, wholeness that you have, Mm -hmm. um, that you have received from the Lord. Um, and so I, Goodness, I could just talk to you for hours, Kristen. Um, But I I want to be able to kind of wrap up this episode with any encouragement that you would have for just someone who maybe finds themselves in a similar place as you were twenty I guess twenty one ish years ago um, of just any anything that you would have words of encouragement, words of hope, as you've already shared that you'd have for someone listening who's maybe struggling themselves today.
1: Mhm. Absolutely. Yeah, I would want to say to you that God is not mad at you and mm-hmm. he's not disappointed in you where you look at your struggles and maybe get frustrated with yourself, you know, not being able to fix them or overcome them. He's not looking at your struggles, he's looking at the pain. Mm-hmm. And he wants to heal your heart and comfort the pain. And those struggles will fade away if you allow him to heal your heart and Mm. to take that pain. And so I would just encourage you not to focus so much on getting rid of the struggles, but more, you know, even if you don't trust God a lot or you've Mm -hmm. had bad church experiences or bad experiences with Christian to just give that little bit of hope and trust that you might can to say, God, if, if you can. (laughs) If Mm. you want to, will you heal me and heal my pain? And that is really uh, what he wants to do because he really loves you and cares about you.
0: Mm, That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you. I love that place of being able to say, I love what you shared of just like, he's not, it's almost like he's not trying to, he's not trying to fix you. He's not trying to like make you act better or get your life together Although all of those things happen over the course of time as he does do that healing work, but he's actually way more concerned about your heart and that healing process and that healing journey. Thank you for sharing that. He's not mad at you. He's not annoyed at you. I'm like, I'm just thinking, Kristen, like there's so much about your story today that I think is going to encourage and inspire people who are in the darkest pit right now, but it's going to encourage, inspire people who feel like they're doing all right you know, like, they're, you know, life's, yeah. life's okay. It's fine. We're doing all right. There's still yeah. those pieces of our lives and those pieces of our stories that I just think so much of what you've shared today is going to connect um, with a lot of people. And so I'm just so grateful for this time to talk to you. I just feel personally so blessed by it. Um, but I'm also just so thankful for you being willing to Share your story, I mean, on the World Wide Web (laughs) for the world to hear. I'm just so grateful for it. Kristen, thank you so much for your time today. This has been a blessing. Thank you very much. I've loved getting the chance to be here. Yes. Well, listeners, I I can't imagine that any of you are listening uh, that have not been encouraged or inspired by this conversation at some level today. Um, And as our founder and president, Nancy Alcorn, often says, God is no respecter of persons. What he does for one, he can and wants to do for all. So um, if you or someone you love is struggling right now, I just am praying that Kristen's story encourages you to know what God is capable of doing. Um, So we hope that you have been blessed by this time. Um, As always, we encourage you, if our podcasts are uh, are encouraging you or blessing you in any way. We'd be so grateful if you'd help us out by rating the show, writing a review, wherever it is that you listen. If you have any thoughts or questions about anything that was discussed today, um, please let us know by emailing us at multiplied.com uh, To find out more about Mercy Multiplied, about our program, um, our programs, um, you can head over to mercymultiplied.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Mercy Multiplied. Thank you all so much for joining us today.